Zumba, 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 Greetings and salutations. It's episode 27 of the Fans Unite Huddle. It's brought to you by Fantasy Six Sports, where anyone can play and everyone can win. It's your home for hot takes about sports, the sports picks that can help you beat the house, and of course, a steady and stiff dose of chirping at each other. Uh, my name is James Graham. I am your host, your moderator. I, I wonder if I am still the most terrible person in the room sometimes, but, uh, you know, that's that's for me to judge. And I'm surrounded by some of the finest minds in social sports data. His hot takes are so breathlessly anticipated, they're even more anticipated than the forthcoming Blade Runner sequel. I am talking about none other than Darius Igdami. Hello. They're so hot right now. You're so hot right now. Thank you. So hot right now. And uh, here to remind us that The Rock is still alive every time he rhymes. It's the man with the most intense lyrical flavor in all of accountancy. The uh, international stats guru, John Ingleby. Hello. That's all I got. That's perfectly fine. Moving along. My lyrics are bottomless. <laughs> keep going. Just, keep going then. <laughs> just, like, just like the drinks he picks up at the buffet. Gentlemen, let's uh, start off with the NHL. Uh, the Nashville Predators have won. Preds win. Preds win. Called it. Called it. We did. We did. Too easy. Hockey's the only sport where the eight seed can actually stand a chance to get to the cup final. You don't see this anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, look, at the, look at the NBA. I know. The, I think oh, eight you don't have LeBron? Oh, you don't have KD and Steph and yeah. Clay. Oh, you're not doing anything this year. I'm sorry. DeMar DeRozan, did you just show up in the room? <laughs> <laughs> it is. He's, he's right, though. Yeah, Although no. we're talking about the Preds. Yeah. But... If LeBron was on Toronto, they'd be in the, they'd be in the finals. If LeBron yeah. was on the Nashville Predators, they'd be in the finals, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. So the, the Preds win. They're going in on their first Western Conference final, and it's going to be either the, uh, the Ducks. It's the Ducks and the Oilers tonight. Who you guys got going, uh, going through? Well, after uh, game five, where, where the Edmonton Oilers gave up that 3 nothing lead, and lost the game. I thought they'd be just totally demoralized, um, especially the way that that way went that down. It, yeah, I, t- I didn't think they were going to be able to get themselves up for Game Six, and then somehow they just go in there and absolutely hammer Edmund, uh, Anaheim. So now I'm kind of confused. I have no idea. I'd still like to go with a team with, with more experience and the home team. Well, you would think that the team with more experience has the legitimate edge going into a Game Seven, especially with the uh, the vast cornucopia of uh, playoff tested veterans that the Ducks have on hand. But the Ducks, they aren't who we thought they were. No. Any team that gets beat 7-1 in an elimination game. Yeah, the Oilers look, uh, you know, young and dumb and full of exuberance. So, I yeah. mean, you know, they're almost too dumb to lose. So, I think it's going to be a good game. I think we it's might, see, be a great game, might yeah. see an overtime game 7. That would be epic. Um, but I, I think either way, whomever makes it through, I think I'm probably still leaning towards the Predators the way they're playing right now with the great goaltending of Pekka Rene and that top line, Arvidsson. What's the uh, nickname for that? Jofa? Jofa. Well, um, the Lufa line? The, the Oilers can actually keep up with national speed. That's true. Yeah, right? they're both uh, very fast. I mean, I think that'd be the more exciting series, obviously. It'd be, quite, it'd be a lot of back and forth. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Anaheim. I think I'm going to take Anaheim tonight in Game 7 in a close one-goal game. In honor of Duncan McIntyre. 
yeah, I'm not going to bet bet against Big Poppy. Now, who do you think like is going to e- either way? We should talk about um, the West final. Who do you think the Preds have a better chance against at this stage? Um, I'd say they're definitely rooting for the Oilers to make it through. Uh, the Preds have actually owned the Oilers over the past few years. They've got nine straight wins over the Oilers. Uh, obviously, all regular season, so all bets are off in the playoffs. But I mean, you know, it still has some bearing on how they perform against this team. So yeah, Nashville's playing better now than they have all season. Yeah, exactly. Peaking so, at the right time. So they're probably yeah they're probably cheering for um, for the Oilers. Mind you, I guess the Ducks are having some issues with the number of goals they're allowing. John Gibson's not exactly playing great. Yeah. And, so and then the Predators actually knocked out the Ducks last year in the playoffs. And the Ducks are, are pretty much the same team. They have the addition of um, Eves. Yeah, the, 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 yeah the, the strengthening pre- between seasons is definitely in favor of the, the Preds, for the sure. Preds. So, yeah, they beat them last year. And I think they could beat either of the teams, like you guys both just said. So our pick for the Stanley Cup, I guess, is, is uh, who, Nashville. Who would have thunk it at the start of the yeah. playoffs, really? I, Although, I don't think anyone at this stage. Yeah. I think we, we thought they were a dark horse, but not, not all the way to the Cup. Yeah. So, this just in, John Ingleby has been traded to the Nashville Predators. Game just, what? Game, game just started, um, a Champions League game, but Atletico has scored an early goal. Ooh. Oh, no way. Yeah. Juicy. <clears throat> we'll uh, talk about that a uh, bit later, because that's going to be an interesting uh, Champions League final one way or the other at this stage. Did you just give false breaking news? You're a liar. Thank you. Well, Dara just might have jumped again here. Well, I think maybe ESPN is slow. Boom. Athletico did score. All right. Good to confirm. Yep. All right. Now, in the same fashion, we should probably look at the other big Game 7 uh, in the NHL that's uh, coming up. It's the uh, Caps and the Penguins. Let's go Caps. I didn't see this coming either. I thought, uh, again, yeah. it's, it's been a good set of playoffs for surprises, uh, let alone going 7, considering a, uh, you know we've got uh, Crosby back. Um, looking still beaten up at like you know trying to be the inspiring leader that's coming in to lead his team to glory uh Ovi and uh looking like he's finally maybe going to get over the hump this is Ovi's biggest game of his entire career oh absolutely what do you think uh, i mean i think if the penguins are going to win i think mark andre fleury is going to have to help them steal one i think uh the caps are finally like hitting their stride playing really well and i think their size is starting to wear down the smaller more fragile uh, see Crosby Penguins. Well, I mean, we we talk about peaking at the right time fairly consistently, and it looks like this is finally the year that the Caps are doing exactly that. They're really sort of coming into their own um, in this series. They've definitely shown you know a lot of the naysayers that uh, they can actually compete uh, and, and in some cases roll over the Penguins. So, yeah, the the Penguins all playoffs actually have had trouble exiting their own zone, and if they're not either on the power play or on the counter attack, they've had a lot of trouble having any type of offensive groove. So, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury has been hiding it so far up until this past couple of games. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll have to be uh, on top of his game for them to stand a chance in this one. Now, if the Penguins do end up winning, does this mean the Caps are going to end up getting blown up? Or do you think they're going to go back to the drawing board, try and reassess where the gaps are, and, uh, you know, maybe nail the occasional free agent signing in there over the off season that'll help uh you know reinforce what's already there well they kind of do, do this every year but um had they lost game five and lost four to one i think there'd be a better chance that they were going to get uh get the, the team blown up mm-hmm. but if, going game seven i don't think you blow a team if up. you're this close but they're always this close well that, yeah that's that's the thing is that they're always they, the the consistency of failure 
leads to the desire in, man, in, in certain management circles to eventually just say, screw this, get out the kerosene, and set everything on fire. Now, they're not going to trade Ovi, but uh, you know, there's a definite, you could, you could see them probably overhauling a few places. This is absolutely, absolutely nuts. Uh, Real Madrid was up 3 nothing, and Atletico now has a penalty shot to cut into that to go 2 So two this, would, this would now be, uh, they'd be up, now they'd only be up 3-2 on aggregate. If they score this penalty shot, I don't know if the Real Madrid player is going to get red card either, but this is so cool. Their last game in the, in the, um, in the stadium. Yeah. They said it was going to be nuts in there, and the home crowd was going oh, to give you them can, a lift. So, I mean, the, getting up early like this uh, is, man, what a two, two, maybe two goals in the first 15 minutes, though? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, there's also talk this might be uh, Anton Griezmann's last game with the team as well. As he's he he's, may he's like, taking a shot. Uh, Here comes a drum roll. Here comes Griezmann. <laughs> he shoots. Wait for it. He's thinking. There's Marcelo. Ref hasn't blown the whistle yet. Griezmann, wait for it. We're going to be here all day, guys. Yeah, yeah, we, pro- yeah. we probably threw into that a little early. Yeah, you know what happens. Whistle blown. Here he goes. Shot. Rifle scores. Oh. This is, oh, man, what a this, game. And th- this is why there's talk that uh, Manchester United is actually going to be uh, spending uh, more money than they did on uh, Paul Pogba uh, in the transfer market to uh, get Griezmann in a couple of months. Wow. So back to uh, hockey because but you know this is what happens when you do live recordings. Fun <laughs> like this actually happens. You can't not watch your team play, right? So is it going so caps and so caps and penguins no idea what's going to happen. I think we're all leaning towards I mean heartfelt caps, you kind of want the caps. Yeah. 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 I mean the line it's I interesting the uh, the line was uh, the line was uh, Dave was saying that the the line was actually favoring uh, I think the penguins at this stage. No, no, no. Caps are at okay, 1.5 favorites. So okay. So quite heavily favorite favorites tonight at home, I guess. That crowd's going to be nuts. No. Obi's going to just balls to the wall. And yep. one more hit by Crosby, and he, he might not play again. So It's actually insane that, I, I mean, I was calling it the whole time. Once he did uh, have the concussion, I said, there's no way they're going to let this guy play. And uh, in this game, surprise, 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 he suits up, and uh, he goes headfirst into the boards. That was How was he not pulled to get checked for a concussion? It's crazy to me. But yeah. anyways, well, I, he, uh, it, it's... The, you, Ratings, yeah, he's seemingly ratings. Can't. You're not gonna, you're right. going to lose TV ratings if the star player in the series isn't right. there. But I mean, he seemingly came out unscathed, so you know, dodged a bullet there. But uh, yeah, I think the, all the injuries that the Penguins have faced that might be another argument too for uh, if the Caps do end up losing this game seven for blowing them up. Like, hey, we, you know, this was our shot at the Penguins. They were injured. They're missing Chris Letang, who plays like half of all their minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I could see an argument to be made for, you know, a pretty big shakedown this offseason. It's just so hard when it. you're so close to actually it, – it takes balls to blow up a team. Yeah. When you're that close and you're, you're, you've won the President's Trophy again in the regular season, you just can't get down the playoffs. I don't know. Well, ownership has, you know, over the years have shown themselves to have issued trigger fingers. Yeah. So if, somebody get, if somebody's pissed off. At what, uh, at what point do you, do you look at it and be like, well, maybe it's Ovi? Well, therein lies the rub. Yeah. Is that if you uh, you have a star player that you cannot surround with a cast of characters um, that he can elevate, yeah. or vice versa, then you know the uh, the blame falls probably on you know on, equally on both sides. Because you can put any player on Crosby's line, and we've seen it with like you yeah. know um, you know Kunitz and. and Gensel and stuff like that, but Obi well, we, needs we, to play with with Backstrom or, or we, someone. We've actually discussed this sort of metaphor before when we were talking about uh, um, Matthews Line, yeah, Matthew, Matthews and Line, yeah, yeah. just in terms of how there's the one guy that is 
amazing but doesn't have the ability to perhaps elevate the guys yeah. around him in the same fashion uh, as the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you, see, you see it more and more now. Matthews is Crosby. Ovechkin is Liney. Speaking of surprises, I guess we should talk about the Ottawa Senators. Wow. Again, who saw that coming? Uh, no None one. of us. No, I mean, no everyone was on the Rangers going into that game six at home, especially the way that they had taken care of business at home in Madison Square Garden in games three and four. Uh, but, I mean, it was important for the Sens to get out to a hot start, and they did just that to prevent the crowd getting up on them and, you know, the whole moment getting too big. Uh, Carlson was the best player on the ice. Yeah. Carlson, I think, fi- de- like defining himself truly as a superstar in the NHL yeah. uh, with her- his performance in this series, he's, you know, he's kind of... I mean, he, everybody knows that he's good. I mean, he's won enough uh, awards over the years, but he hasn't really kind of kicked it up to that, like... Elite name, level, elite yeah. name recognition level, right? And I think this has definitely done it for him this year. And you were talking about uh, Lundqvist's stats in elimination games, and they're absolutely superb. Yeah, and he was. Uh, I mean, going into this game, was fifteen and five. He had a one point seven four goals against average, ninety uh, five percent save percentage, uh, dating back to to twenty twelve. Um, but yeah, uh, wasn't good enough in this one. He had some sensational saves, but uh, what can you say? The uh, the Senators deserve this one yeah i can't believe they're if, if they're the only canadian team in the in the in the eastern conference finals or western conference finals if you were going to pick a canadian team to get there it was going to be montreal oh they were, were you going to call were you going to call ottawa and edmonton at and, any point yeah. yeah i mean maybe edmonton people were saying edmonton had this talent if you got Connor mcdavid but then certainly not ottawa. but ottawa was, was definitely the black sheep of all the canadian teams that made the playoffs i felt like they got the less the least attention um I thought, I, thought, I thought they were one of the worst teams in the entire playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they barely made yeah. it. But no, the initial the initial run, um, both TSN and uh, uh, Sports Illustrated actually had them at the very bottom of their playoff rankings. Yeah. yeah, but I think the big story of this one was the Rangers' power play was just atrocious all series long. That held up in this one. They were zero for four, including um, missing an opportunity on the uh, four minute minor uh, for high sticking. Where, so. have we, where have we seen that before? An Alain Vigneault-led team <laughs> struggling to score goals. Uh, it's I'd funny because I was just going to—I was just thinking about Alex Burrows there for a minute, and a certain Vancouver GM who's like, "Huh, huh." I would love to see Alex Burrows win a cup. Such a good guy, such a good story. Yeah, I mean, a wonderful dude, and you—you you got to feel for him now in this yeah. situation. That, uh, yeah, he's going to go all the way. He, hopefully, he can go all the way. Yeah, he looks happy. I still think they would lose to either of the Pens or Caps, but to get this far is, is remarkable. And still such an accomplishment. Even Gross well, yeah. in, in the in uh, whether it was in post game or uh, the um, well, anyways in the the post game uh, press conference mentioning that their uh, their salary significantly lower than that of the New York Rangers. Yeah. So. Well, I think that begs the question then: if uh, seeing as it's going to be the Sens and someone, uh, who do you think the Sens have a better chance against at the end of the day? I think I would say Washington. I think they're screwed either way, yeah. but. I was distracted by soccer again. Well, you know. <laughs> really? You'd say Washington? Yeah, I, I just think uh, just the high, the high pace of the Pittsburgh Penguins being able to actually score five, six, seven goals a game. I think they'd rather slow it down, play Washington, play defensive games, see if Craig Anderson can actually outduel the whole being in a game. Hmm. I don't know how they're scoring five, six goals a game in Ottawa. I think just given the recent performance of Marc-Andre Fleury and some of the, the struggles they've had Kyle gaining Turris the offensive zone... You know, if the if the senators 
if whomever's playing the Penguins can keep out of the penalty box, I think they stand a decent shot. So no, actually, that makes sense. If you can, I think power play will probably have an excellent uh, influence on that one way or the other. They're a Canadian team. They're not going to be uh, staying out of the penalty box <laughs> when when one of them can go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Gentlemen, let's talk about the hard court. It's been a very interesting week uh, in the NBA playoffs, but. I think my favorite thing to come out of uh, the last couple of days worth of games is uh, the notorious uh, pot calling the kettle black, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors calling Kelly Olenek of the Boston Celtics a dirty player. Uh, I, I like me a good dose of NBA hypocrisy, on the, like, and that's kind of classic. To be fair, I mean, kind of agree with Draymond. But yes, it is ironic the source that it's coming from. But I mean, Kelly Olenek, I mean, obviously was infamous for wrenching Kevin Love's shoulder out of its socket. Uh, and the hit on Kelly Oubre that actually sparked this whole discussion was looked to be a little, a little bit of a cheap shot. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's fair commentary, just ironic. Uh, uh, yeah, who's, no, who's it, doing it, it, the name point, calling? But you, you would expect to, to hear that from uh, you know a Popovich or you know, one of me, the more serious play oriented guys in the league, as opposed to, uh, you know, the NBA's king of punts. I, I've said it from the start. Olenek is dirty. I cannot stand this guy. He takes every shot he can elbows up shoulders and he ripped Kevin Love's arm out of his socket. Everyone saw it. I think if that didn't happen, you know, this whole warriors dynasty that they're talking about, let's relax. They've won one, uh, NBA championship. And then Cleveland didn't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love of the big three, and they still took him to six games. So Kelly Olenek, I mean, it's, it's funny that, that Draymond says it because I don't think they would have had a super, um, an NBA championship without Kelly Olenek. And to sum it up, Anna Horford, Al Horford's sister, summed it up nicely by saying, uh, says the guy who's touched more nuts than a peanut vendor. That's so, so good. So good. Sums it right up there. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, if the uh, NBA playoffs are anything, they're nuts. <laughs> With uh, the Toronto Raptors being swept out of uh, the playoffs by the Cleveland Cavaliers this week, uh, change is afoot. Uh, Masai Ujiri has taken to the press suggesting that there needs to be a cultural change in the organization. And Kyle Lowry has officially opted out of his contract and he will be testing the waters of free agency um, this coming off season. So where's he going? Well, I think, so first of all, to your first point um, with Masai saying they need to change the brand of basketball, this is something we've been talking about all season. You, I cannot stand watching Toronto because they don't have an offense. Dwayne Casey is not a good coach. Uh, he just gives the ball to DeRozan, lets him do one-on-one, and you saw how it hurt the team against well, the Cavs. It's, it's, two, se- it's two seasons worth of dependence on two guys, and that's it. Yeah, and, you can't do that. And they actually have the players to be able to run a functional offense, and they just don't do it. And this is Dwayne Casey. I think Masai is finally realizing I don't know if Dwayne Casey is the right coach for this team. They and have two, the the, you know, Lowry and Casey have a, a, a bit of a tenuous beef, relationship yeah. at best. So trying to sweeten the pot here to ensure that Lowry comes back, which Masai's already said is an absolute number one priority for this team this offseason, yeah. uh, might be, you know, bringing in a different coach who he's more excited about playing for. I think they just signed Dwayne Casey to an extension, too. It's just made no sense to me, but they can still fire him. Um, I think from Lowry's perspective, you just obviously you just need to opt out because you make more money by opting out. So why not? Um, I don't think it necessarily means he's leaving. Do we think the Raptors pay that fifth year that obviously allows them to pay more than anyone else in the league? 
yes. for his services. Yeah, I think they do. Consid- given that he's 31, given that he's got an injury history. I mean, this year you saw he missed a bunch of games. Considering that they've not shown any desire so far to get out of it being just a big two situation, like, yeah. you know, they'll probably, yeah, they'll go back in because they, they need him unless they're willing to and, and able to take the money that they would spend on him. I mean, who else is out there that they can go and get that's going to fill that same role? And the problem with, um, you know, Toronto's becoming more of a destination, but at the same time, it's still not a big U.S. market team. So they have big troubles getting those, those high-priced uh, free agents. You look at their entire team. Ibaka was traded for. DeRozan, they drafted. Uh, Lowry, they got when he was, you know, overweight and playing for, for coming Houston. Off a crap coming Houston coming time. off a Houston uh, year. So they're not going to be able to get, like, a Paul George or Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. Like, there's zero chance. If they don't keep their guys internal and draft well, they're not going to be able to compete. So if Lowry goes... This is it could be the collapse. It could be the collapse because Ibaka's as well um, a free agent. And I think if Lowry goes, Ibaka's not staying there. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, uh, as I mentioned before, the injury history, the age, he's going to go to whomever pays him the most. So given that the Raptors can uh, and should probably, you know, give him a max contract, yeah, I think uh, there's, gonna be there's some a pretty good chance he stays. But if you're him, Toronto. do you stay? Well, uh, I, I mean, given, 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 your op, given the fact that he's come out and said he wants a ring, uh, who's got the money to, and and is going to help is close enough to be able to facilitate getting that ring? Because I mean, there's talk of the Lakers, but that's no closer. But that, to, exactly, that's no closer to even if they do bring in PG thirteen. Yeah, that's still no closer to a ring. Uh, the word going around today is that uh, Philly is actually very interested in offering him uh, a bunch of money. But again, it's uh, your Which, if you want to be the leader of a growth movement these are places that you go if you want a ring you take less money and you go to san antonio you go to houston you go to cleveland yeah i mean he's already said he's open to moving to the western conference to avoid lebron that still doesn't i mean you still got to play you're still going to see lebron at the end of the tunnel their goal is a ring and you still have to play steph and katie exactly so uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's just tough. Like, I, it's kind of like when MJ was around. You just that's you're, you're that's, gonna, it's going to happen eventually. You, you just got to kind of wait your turn for him to step aside. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you look at all those years of like amazing Phoenix Suns teams, uh, Houston Rockets teams. There's the, so many the, amazing, the, 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 amazing players who never get that chance because they live during the time when there's this generational talent who just you know single handedly dominates the league. And that's the, welcome to the age of LeBron, where. There's really not a lot you can do about it. So speaking of dudes that could opt out, uh, and speaking of sweeps, uh, on the back of uh, the Jazz going down uh, 4-0 to the Warriors, uh, the magic hair of Gordon Hayward could possibly be on the market this year. What, what did we call it? The quiff? The, the quiff. quiff. He's got the best hair, right? Uh, that was the worst series I've ever watched, and I think we all saw that coming. Uh, my cousin's a huge, huge Utah Jazz fan. I don't know how he became a Utah Jazz fan, but when they won Game 7 against uh, the Clippers, I texted him. I said, that's a, that's a great uh, last win of the season, and we both laughed. Um, it was funny. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, Utah's good. They're just, again, they're a team that can't bring in the high-priced free agents. Um, very, very much a Toronto-esque situation where you've dra- they've drafted well, they've traded well, they've gotten themselves to a point, but... Yeah, it's all internally built, except for, you know, they bring in Joe Johnson. Yeah. But no one expected that from Mr. Joe Johnson. ISO. So if Gordon Hayward goes, um, 
I don't see them making the playoffs next year. No, I don't, maybe, but it's again, it's going to be that tradition that they used to have of like being like a six, seven, eight seed and usually going out in the first. Yeah, that was like that was kind of the, the defining moment for them for pretty much all of the early noughties. That'll be pretty much the best they can hope for. Best case, yeah. Gobert is becoming one of the best big men in the league. Yeah, but he's going to need help, and um, it's not going to be Shelvin Mack and Exum and. And Although Exum looked, yeah, looked decent Dante. at times. So. But again, you're talking about Shelvin Mack, Exum, Nito, you know, Boris Diaw, Joe Johnson, like Derek Favors. Well, how many more years does Boris Diaw have left? Yeah. And well, Derek Favors I, with that back. I, I know more than one person who's actually surprised that Boris Diaw is still in the league at this yeah. stage, considering how old he is. Yeah, so I think Utah, I hope he doesn't leave. He's just so perfect for that city, but I can see why he would want to go to a team like Boston. Yeah, and the coaching connection and yeah. everything, right? So Yeah. So... Golden State then up against either the Spurs or the Rockets. Um, do you think the Spurs Rockets is going to full seven? I hope so, man. Hope it's so. been a great series. Uh, I mean, I know there have been some blowouts in there, but all these games are uh, exciting. You never know who's go- who's going to win going into it. Uh, this last one was a classic. That was so. an amazing game. If uh, Aldridge just doesn't seem like he's fit in the system very no, well. No, absolutely. If he's playing like this, I would rather see Houston play um, Golden State. I think it'd be much more fun series. Yeah, 103 points a game. I don't understand forth, how pace. Aldrich, when he's got Harden guarding him, doesn't yeah. use his size. He still settles for a fadeaway Fair, jumper. Yeah. And but that was the same thing he did in Portland. It's so frustrating to watch. You're just like you have this way smaller dude, you know, who doesn't play defense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you don't get him. You, you saw flashes of him wrapping his head around that idea last year. But he's yeah he's just he's dropped the concept completely this year. Yeah, yeah. I still think um, I think the Spurs are going to win this series. But again, like I said, if Aldridge is playing like this, I would much but rather see Houston. Just imagine how much fun like a Rockets Warriors yeah. series is going to end up being. That would go. That would be Man, s- when it got started getting really up tempo uh, towards like the latter half of the fourth, I I thought that was the Rockets game for sure because the, the Spurs were playing right into what the Rockets are comfortable doing this like running gun shooting threes game. Yeah, um, but. Manu Ginobili turning back the clock, 12 points, um, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and then 1 block. The key, the key, the key stat at the end. It, it, it's like Tony Parker's gone. I must fill in for my geriatric friend. <laughs> and Dar's favorite, Jonathan Simmons. Huge. Huge game. Huge. I mean, Just yeah, on, what a story, too. Both ends of the ball. Yeah. Right? The key, when Kawhi went out, he was an absolute stud. This is a guy who considered quitting to go pursue a 9-to-5 so he could pay for his, you know, uh, pay, uh, help support his two children. Uh Probably in for some yeah. pretty big money now. And you look at um, you look at Simmons again. Just lucky that he's in a Popovich system that allow him, allow him to play and actually um, get minutes. Because this guy's on any other team, he's not getting off the bench. He looks awesome though. He, he looks, looks great. Good. Like man, so so athletic, so explosive. A uh, lot of key plays this this yeah. past game. Played I think thirty minutes, thirty two minutes. Yeah. Um, with in the overtime with Kawhi out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, more likely to go uh, seven. Uh, Spurs Rockets or uh, Celtics Wizards? Celtics Wizards. Celtics Wizards. Yeah, I mean, both very easily could go seven. That Wizards Celtics series is just nasty, though. Uh, both teams don't like each yeah, other. It's, it's aggro. Uh, yeah. uh, Isaiah chirping at the fans now. Apparently, the NBA is actually looking uh, into uh, the la- uh, an incident in the last game where Isaiah told uh, one of the fans that he would uh, uh, happily go and uh, duck him up. <laughs> man yeah i uh i'm really happy to see that uh auto porters really come alive this series yeah. uh, i think boston has gotten away a lot of times with trying to hide isaiah on the defensive end uh and the, the wizards just going right after him and uh, it's been working so far wizards could easily be up 
three to one or even four nothing. They were up in every single game and they had sizable leads. Yeah, yeah. yeah game one and two, they were up by yeah, like the 14, com- 17. But that's been know. the Celtics' uh, sort of MO throughout yeah. the entire playoff series is like fourth quarter time. Uh, come back, come back, come back. Yeah. He is arguably the best fourth quarter player in the league. So, Oh, God, yeah. Uh, we'll see how they do. Avery Bradley's still gimpy with the hip pointer. He hasn't been the same in the two games since. Marquise uh, gimpy with the ankle. Right, but he's still been playing pretty great. Yeah. So uh, he talked about toughness. He's gritting through his own injury. In a lot of ways, his uh, I think that comment by him really actually uh, resonated with the team because the team's played sensational since. So Sensational. Sensational. Muy, muy sensational. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, Shaquille O'Neal is going to be on the cover of NBA 2K18. Did you see the commercial? Uh, yeah, Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, if you if you haven't seen it, the uh, the Kobe appearance in his in the commercial for this video game is absolutely brilliant. What are the odds that we're going to have like a teach Shaq how to throw uh, how to shoot three throws uh, mini game in there somewhere? <laughs> three throws. Three throws. Three throws. Unrelated, but I watched a Vice mini documentary on uh, one of their bloggers. Uh, trying to improve his free throw shot because he just, you know, watched all these games and didn't understand how these professional players can't hit free throws. Went from a 32% free throw shooter to 70% after one month of just shooting free throws every day. Now, is it just the fact that dudes don't give a shit? And That was his argument, yeah. yeah. I think Shaq actually said, I don't get paid to make free throws. It's like, actually, that's exactly what you get paid to. <laughs> that, 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 that's... You know that that that'll probably be on his gravestone at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like um, uh, was it? It's not Cardell Jones from Ohio State. I didn't come here to do school. <laughs> I didn't come here to play school. I didn't come here to play school. But he actually just graduated. It's so a good for him. Didn't see that coming. Kids these days. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Moving on uh, to the green green grass of Europe. Uh, we were talking about earlier. Where, where are we at right now? Is it still the two nil? It's two uh, nil. So three two on aggregate and. 36 minutes in so but Atletico is getting some good chances so I could see them tying it up and going into extra time so Juve uh, in the champ- uh, so Juve going through to the Champions League final a fairly dominant performance uh, against Monaco yesterday um, I mean are you are you thinking Atletico can pull it off and uh, and go through or uh? Uh, I was going to argue all sorts of reasons why it wasn't going to happen but now watching it live yeah. and possibly being called out on my BS no, as no, well, no, it's, it's happening. It but makes no, it, I don't. Uh, th- I don't think it's BS because if you look at how Atletico played in the last Champions League, they have they work well under pressure yeah, under this kind of pressure, and they play very well against Real Madrid. Yes, this is um, they they've faced them now three years in a row, and they could have easily won the other two. Um, but uh, two Real has scored in each and every one of their last sixty games, so you you know you figure that going into this they're going to continue to do just that. So you figure that Atletico needs to score four goals, four goals yeah, uh, and but then they would still lose on on the away goal. So Juve's only led in two goals this whole yeah. time. But they sorry, where they both they they led up one goal last game against Monaco. Yes, they did. Yeah. That was more. going into this, okay, so going into yes, uh, this morning's game. That's insane. Yeah. You know, letting three goals. It's kind of like yeah. Nashville. I think they have... Yeah, actually, Juventus had crazy yeah. stats. They had, hadn't lost at home in 20 months. Uh, yeah, the two goals in 11 Champions League, ma- league matches. They've for, only conceded two goals five times this year. For a guy who's probably going to be going out on his shield, Buffon is really like just... like If this is his last year, probably no better way to go out. Yeah, yeah. ageless wonder. He's a good-looking dude too, and uh, he had he went 689 Champions League minutes without conceding a goal. Wow, that's that's gangster. That's, and everyone's that's so absolutely gangster, insane. Yeah. Everyone kind of um, 
I wouldn't say wrote them off, but no one really talked about Juventus as one of the teams that could get to the finals. Everyone was talking about Real Madrid, Atletico, Bayern Munich, well, Barcelona. For so, for so many years uh, coming um, out of the Italian league, uh, the last decade has pretty much been an Inter or an AC Milan talk. No yeah. one's really looked at Juventus. In the last two, three years, uh, they've made the appropriate set of signings, and they've just, yeah, they're, like, they're, they're top of the table. Yeah, it'll be a... Regardless if if it's Atletico or Real, it's going to be a pretty amazing yeah. final. What are you what are you looking forward to more, um, Juve Real or uh, Juve Atletico? Well, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, got to go. Yeah, with, well, of course, yeah, you know my team. <laughs> uh, so I hope I hope Real can do it, get three in a row. Kind it's, of rooting for the underdog here, though, Atletico. With you know this being the final game in uh, Vicente Calderon, so they're not like. Really, an underdog. Like they're pretty close, pretty close teams. Like, I guess they, they're a big they're underdog down three nothing. Uh, they down are, three nothing. But yeah. they they are at this stage. They have shown themselves to be as almost as you uh, equal or just below uh, Barca and Real yeah. uh, during the La Liga season. So they can, def- you know, they're 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 pretty solid. Yeah, but needing to score, you know, well at the time I thought four goals, but might three might do it. Three might do it. I mean, if you can pot two in one half, two in the other, four 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 might win it for them. So we shall see. It's going to be an interesting combat sports weekend. Uh, UFC 211 is here. And uh, after a couple of really crappy uh, televised uh, cards, they're coming back. They're stacking uh, the living crap out of this one with uh, not one but uh, two title fights headlined by uh, Stipe Miocic uh, taking on Junior Dos Santos uh, in, a, uh, in a sequel uh, for the heavyweight title, which... Uh, has all the potential of being quite the slobber knocker. JDS, I guess, coming in as the underdog in spite of winning their last fight. Well, it's an, it's an interesting fight to look at because JDS had a decent fight against Ben Rothwell in his, uh, in his last bout. Some folks have said that it might have been a gifted decision there, whereas Miocic has just, like... Just absolutely creamed a bunch of a bunch of big names. Well, he he beat out he, he creamed Alistair Overeem. Uh, he uh, brilliantly uh, just dissected uh, Fabrizio Verdun for the title. Uh, there appears to be a different level of growth between the two, so it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Because if they if it's kept on the feet, I think it's in, both men haven't even shot. The question is is like can Miocic get to the ground and actually beat the crap out of him? Yeah, it, I mean it'll be a good match. I mean I think the one. Thing I would say is that in spite of the impressive recent track record by Stipe, uh, the guys that he has knocked out recently are, uh, with the exception of Mark Hunt, all guys that have questionable chins. So Mike Hunt, Mark Hunt, oh, Mark Hunt, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, Verdum and Overeem, as you mentioned, Overeem's been knocked out over ten times now, and Arlovsky's always been known as a glass cannon. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I would say uh, if, if you're a betting man, take the underdog and the better odds because this is honestly, to yeah. me, it looks like a 50-50. I mean, when I, when I wrote the preview that's going up on the Fans United blog, I took, I, I mean, I, I still like Miocic just on the fact that I think the level of growth is, is there. But if you are looking to wager some underdog money, I think Dos Santos is a very nice pick as well. What you got there? Uh, Real Madrid just scored. And I, that was one of the best footwork uh, from Benzema I've ever seen. Beat three guys, and and the and the oh. goal line. Um, if they show this, if they show this um, replay again, you guys got to watch it. Unbelievable. Two one. That makes it a lot more difficult with that away goal now. So, 
Joanna Janjacek and uh, Jessica Andrade, the uh, other uh, title fight going in uh, this week. Again, it's, it's a good card for if you're interested in wagering on underdogs uh, to go in on that. Uh, Jan Jacek, uh dominant in every fight that she's been in as a title holder, but still has taken every fight to decision. And this looks like it's every fight that she said it's been harder and harder for her to get to that point. Right. So uh, while she is an absolute beast of a striker and has mad elbows for days, um, uh, Andrade, especially uh, dropping down a weight class, uh, has, is like literally. If you look at her last two fights, she's picking up chicks and tossing them around like bread. Yeah, she's been absolutely dominant since dropping down from uh, bantam weight. But uh, yeah, interesting contrast in styles. With obviously, uh, I'm happy you pronounced her last name. Uh, mo- JJ. Yeah, JJ. Well, the, um, most UFC folks just call her Joanna Champion. Yeah, that's. <laughs> fitting undefeated but uh yeah i mean she's a technician and mostly makes her money off of you know volume and not to say she doesn't injure her opponents but i mean she's not not really got a whole lot of knockout power whereas andrade is the complete opposite end of the spectrum just a brawler uh and i don't think uh jj's faced anyone with this type of power before so it it it's an interesting, interesting fight. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a good one for like styles making fights. Even the uh, Damian Maya, uh, Jorge Masvidal fight. Um, you have probably the best BJJ guy in the division uh, going up a young, going up against a young and up and coming uh, stand up fighter. Uh, and there's a lot of heavy money that has just come in in the last couple of days on Maya, uh, which is kind of balanced it out. Because I was gonna say. Um, Earlier on, take Maya as the heavy underdog favorite because he has been uh, for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But now it's pretty much a pick him. Yeah, in which case, uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't know who to pick in this one. Um, I mean, we've seen what can happen with Maya ending fights quickly. Look at the, his last fight against Carlos Condit, right? So uh, I, I guess that's the thing with these classic, you know, submission guy yeah. versus stand-up fighter. Well, it's an interesting one, too, because Maya is very much in the same uh, position as uh, Jacare Souza was uh, a couple of weeks ago in that it's a guy who's shown that he's ready for a title fight, but they're not willing, you know, he's taking fights to keep himself sharp because he can't get the title. No one's giving him the title fight quite yet. Yeah. Uh, Sousa lost to Robert Whitaker and went from being like the number one contender to a guy who's like at the back of the pack now. And this is very much the same thing for Maya. If Maya, Maya's won like I think four or five straight. And Although uh, I, will know, I don't think he's had a fight in the past year. Has he, he fought? Oh, August last year, I think was his last fight. Because well, uh, I think that was that, that was the, uh, the the issue was that uh, he was wait, he was waiting around for that title fight, yeah. and when it uh, it all went to pot, uh, then they're like, okay, well, we'll just uh, you know, because it was again, it was the uh, Tyron Woodley, uh, Wonderboy Thompson getting their second fight after right. the near draw, which uh, which led to that holding pattern. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Frankie Edgar and uh, Yair Rodriguez is going to be an interesting fight. Uh, Frankie Edgar, not the most entertaining at times, but still. Uh, a legend in the division. Who would you give it to here? Do you give the edge to the experience? Oh, man, I don't know. I like, I, I like, again, this is like a really hard card to want to go in on because I, I would normally give the edge to, uh, to the experience, uh, but Rodriguez looked really good in his last fight. What's your pick of the, pick of the weekend? Uh, pick of the weekend, I'm going to go Maya over uh, um, Masvidal. Uh, I think uh, just especially because you can, if you can still find underdog money uh, on Maya, take it. Mm-hmm. 
in a big way. And then uh, Henry Cejudo and uh, Sergio Pettis. Actually, that I like as well. Um, Sergio Pettis, Anthony Pettis's uh, younger brother. Yep. Slow and steady in sort of how he's improved in his MMA career. But this will be the biggest step up in it is talent abso- that it, he's faced. It is so. absolutely. But Cejudo, especially after his uh, knockout loss to uh, featherweight champion... Um, ben Benitez. Uh, no, his loss to uh, Ben Benitez, but also his loss to Demetrius Mighty Mouse uh-huh. Johnson, where he got just starched. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he... You know, he Looked like he wasn't ready to go into that uh, Ben Benitez fight afterwards. So the question is, can he? You know, is he is he feeling is he feeling it? And I don't think he is. So mind you, he looked a lot better on his feet. Mm, that's true. So, so. It's, it's, it's again, it's it's one of those hard to wager cards. So so whatever you do, uh, make your picks. Go to fansunite.com, wager some units, and then uh, hit us up at uh, the Twitter, uh, hit us up at Fans Unite, or hit us up on Facebook, uh, the Fans Unite. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know where you're wagering. In other combat sports news, a very interesting one. We're still not getting Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. I'm not sure we're ever going to get it. Every bookie worth his salt actually has a line out right now uh, on whether or not it's going to happen. But uh, Dana White came out uh, this week and stated that they actually lost the date that they had planned on for that fight. They were originally trying to aim for September, but with uh, Canelo Alvarez's um, dominant performance uh, this past weekend uh, against... uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, it looks like they're going to go for what is probably the biggest boxing match of the year uh, with uh, Canelo versus uh, Russian uh, superstar um, GGG uh, Gennady uh, Golikin, which means this may they. I mean, if they want to do this in Vegas, this may never happen at this stage. Some of the books were actually taking bets on on the fight, so at one point are they going to return the money? Well, I mean, I think there's an expectation that this will still happen. If, they, uh, if the negotiations can continue, it's just really a matter of actually finding a date that works for everyone. And uh, I think especially now that McGregor has actually had his kid, you know, he's going to want to get uh, back into the, uh, you know, in, in there somewhere. Yeah. Gentlemen, you got anything else for this week? Mm, no, I mean, I think nada. So, Thanks just going to be absolutely unreal with... Uh Game seven's on the on the docket, so absolutely. So uh, you know, go wager at uh, Fans Unite. Uh, it's a big week for sports. I uh, want to take a moment to thank everyone behind the scenes. I want to thank uh, Kanye East, the Alchemist, uh, the notorious Dev Dose, uh, and uh, even uh, you know. MC Snake Keeper D, who we might actually have as a guest on the show relatively soon. Uh, I want to shout out everyone in the Fans Unite chat room. Thank you for your support. Keep wagering. Uh, keep spending those units and uh, let us know how you're doing. Uh, this has been episode 27 of the Fans Unite Huddle, brought to you by Fantasy Six Sports. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a very, very special guest. Uh, but until then, stadium is closed.